0: everybody welcome to a show today's topic is going to be the question of can everything actually work out this is one of those things where when you're in the early stages of this the answer is going to be a resounding no of course not things aren't going to work out it's horrible everything's everything's ruined my reputation my career my finances my relationship with my kids I'm sure if uh, you are going through this, you probably can relate to that comment or what I'm just saying here, because I know for me, when I was really, when I was going through this, experiencing the uh, interesting joys of these nightmares, <clears throat> I thought there's no way that this could get any better, and, and that my life is just basically garbage forever. I remember thinking at one point that uh, you know maybe 20 or 30 years later maybe everything i was doing the kids would recognize and and uh, you know say hey dad i appreciate everything you've done <laughs> technically i don't think i've had that comment yet maybe maybe from my oldest but the comment has been made in other ways but i want to discuss this a little bit today and hopefully help you see a pathway through your own situation. Anyways, so, I'm gonna start off with, this is kind of my talking points for today. If you're watching the video version of the podcast, you'll see this on the screen. But we'll start off with catastrophic thinking. And I'm not sure about you, but I can tell you, for me personally, I had a horrible time with this, and it's it's crazy. I just I just saw that uh, no matter or everything I thought of was like oh, this is going to go wrong. That's going to go wrong. I could not see even the 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 potential positives that were actually occurring. And what I can tell you from my experience working with coaching clients is this is a mindset that most people get into i mean you know oh this is the horrible this is the worst thing ever this is this is you know it, it, this is this is the <laughs> this is the this is it this is the this is the the death blow you know a week later this is the death blow a couple weeks later that no no now this is and the reality is you have to take a step back and not try to basically... See, so here's the problem with it. You need to kind of anticipate what might happen just so you can mentally prepare for it. But you can't let it control your life. You can't let it control everything that you're doing because it will just screw with you. I mean, now, you can still come out the other end of this okay-ish. And what I'll say from my personal experience is all the time... I, I used to think that my hypersensitivity to the potential for catastrophe gave me an edge. So it was really hard for me to let that go because, well, that's the only reason things have worked out is because I'm so hyper hyper focused on it. And that is not the case. Actually, I think probably had I shifted, well, not I think, I know had I shifted my mindset to the place I've gotten myself in the last you know, eight years or so, uh, my life would have been a lot better. I'm really hoping I can instill that into my kids. So here, here's the thing. And this is the next question or the next point I have on on this list is when you look back now, I understand for you youngsters out there, this might be a little more complicated, but when you look back, how often in the past have things not worked out? Just think about that for a minute because what I can tell you from my experience, my 52 years on this planet, things have a tendency to work out. It may not be in the way you anticipated, may not be as fun as you thought, but things have a tendency to kind of correct themselves. Now, The key on that, though, is is you can't fall into that catastrophic thinking and just accepting defeat out of the hand of victory, so to speak, because there's a good possibility (laughs) that as you dwell on those negative thoughts, those negative things will actually start to manifest themselves, so to speak. I just want to say John said he's watching from Germany, John Steinbeck, who's from Brainwashing Children, if you happen to have the ability to come on, I'd love to bring you on afterwards and get your thoughts on this if that is uh, if you could probably do that, probably not, but maybe. So the thing is is that when I going to the next one is, when you think back, how often did things get better? For me personally, most of the time, they've gotten better. I can use this scenario. I mean, this this catastrophic scenario that we're talking about right now today, with the divorces and and high conflict exes and all that kind of stuff. It has worked out better than I ever could have imagined, but not in the way that I ever would have imagined. This this situation is not one of those things where, you know, the ex has been held accountable and I've been made whole and. And all the money's lost and all the time lost and all that stuff has been regained and recaptured. It hasn't. But what's happened is, is it f- because of this scenario, this situation, it's forced me to reevaluate my life and basically revamp everything that, I'm, that I've done. Now, a lot of that has been out of uh, necessity, necessity. Because the reality is, is that, you know, when your whole life is lit on fire in front of you, you have basically three choices. You can curl up in a ball and completely fall apart. You can do nothing or you can grow from it. Now, I went through all three of those things. I curled up in a, in a ball in the beginning part of this catastrophic thinking, just anticipating everything was going wrong. You know, every time I turned around, it felt like the ex was, was winning. And that's the thing on this, guys, is that this isn't easy, right? I mean, so don't, you can't look at the situation or look at my situation and say, oh, okay, well, you're on the other side of it. It wasn't, it wasn't hard. Oh, this was freaking hard. This was a very complicated situation, very painful, very uh, catastrophic in uh, the, what was happening and the way I felt it was happening. But here's the thing. One of the things that you can do on this, and it took me a few years to get to this point, so, so I really want to stress that to again point out that it's not easy. This isn't one of those things that just like, oh, you know what? I'll just change my life. Overnight, and everything will be great, and I'll just make my peace with it. And, you know, the fact that uh, I don't have enough money to buy Top Ramen is okay. Not that it's all about money, but whenever you can't do anything or you can't do a lot of the things that you used to like to do or that would give you the escape, uh, it really just kind of, it's like a, a somebody just holding their finger on your head and just, you know, it's like, nope, you're going to have to think about this. So the key on this is taking taking your power back, and the reality is is that that is there's a lot of steps to it, but it's a lot harder to do it's a lot harder to put into practice than you can even imagine and, and what I mean by that it's like where you put your your intention where you put your thoughts where you put uh You know, like people will say, you know, don't let them occupy, you know, rent free in your your head. And there's a lot of truth to that. And there's, and it's not easy to do. I absolutely struggled with that for a long time. And then I started to realize that if I didn't stop focusing on the catastrophic thinking. If I didn't stop focusing on all the bad that I was perceiving in my in my uh, life at the time, and, and it was bad. I mean, I'm not saying that, uh, oh, I looked at it and it was a bowl full of rainbows. No, <laughs> a bowl full of rattlesnakes. It, it's, it's just one of those things where you have to decide one day that, okay, you know what, I've been dealt this hand. I have to deal with it. I can go back to those three things. I can curl up in a ball, I can do nothing, or I can try to grow from it. And again, the first phase of that I was in for all through the divorce. I thought I'd gotten to the point where things were starting to turn around and I was feeling pretty, pretty good about things after the divorce was final. And then everything exploded and then it felt, drew me right back down to even the first few months of, of this entire nightmare, which made me feel at the time that, uh, you know, there was no way to get out of this. It was going to last forever. And then finally, that third phase of this, of just saying, okay, you know, I got to do something different. And it was tough. I mean, I remember, I remember waking up one day. It's like literal, you know, it's like I awoke. <sighs> Anyways. And I just, just I, I, I just had this epiphany. It's like if I don't reevaluate my life and start doing something different, this is gonna kill me. It's gonna just corrupt my life. It's going to ruin everything. And I'm allowing it to happen. Again, that's that's part of the Taking your power back, and the really annoying part about this, and I'll go ahead and pull this back up, is all of this is counterintuitive. And what I'm, what I mean by that is, you know, you're living in a situation to where you feel like you're just like, you know, go, 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 go. You know, it's like everything is immediate. Everything has to be happened today. You know, something happens, you have to re- respond to it immediately and you get caught up in this mode of uh, basically just constantly trying to fight and defend yourself and the reality is is you don't and the reality is is that when you do you're actually hurting yourself so i'll tell you the first the first thing that really helped me out is whenever i had when i finally realized that Basically, what the ex was doing is taking her bony little finger and going, "Boop!" right in my eye, to try to get me to respond, to react. When I when I realized that that it was basically a game, it's like, "Well, I'm going to poke you, and then you're going to you know you're going to do something, and I'm going to be happy that I got a response from you." I was able to. I had the power. Or well, actually, I should say it this way: I had the power <laughs> to. <laughs> to provoke you to feel a certain way or to feel anything. And when I when I realized that, and the first few times when I was like, hey, you know what, I'm just not going to respond, that non-response actually felt very empowering for me because it was like, well, you want me to do this, and I am not going to do it at a defiance almost. Now, the next part about this, and I know you guys have heard me talk about this a long time, is changing your perspective and rebase your rebaselining your life it is really hard and this kind of goes down to the last one it's really hard to let go of of that but it's really hard to look at what you thought your life was what you thought that illusion was the relationship the future you know and what's funny is is you don't look at all the chaos like when you're when you're going through this when i was going through this i was not thinking about You know, thank God I've gotten away from this nightmare. I was thinking about, oh my God, I've, you know, I I wanted to spend my life with this person. I wanted to, you know, sit on a porch in a rocking chair, sipping a coffee, watching the sunset. Our son, you know, it's, (laughs) I'll just say this. It's really weird. I've never been a morning person. Now it seems like I can't, I wake up earlier. Who else is dealing with that? So. All that you know, got obliterated. And for the longest time, I kept spinning my wheels comparing what I thought my new life was to my old life and my expectations of what I thought that life was going to be. And it was hard. And it was hard to basically say, or it was hard to accept the fact that that's over. It's over. You can't undo it. You can't go back into it. Even if you did try to go back into it, you're basically walking into a nightmare or trying to get yourself plugged back into the matrix, and it's not its not feasible. It's not one of those things that you can actually pull off and do. And it was really tough. You know, I, I went from building a whole career, a whole life, all this stuff, that it was just washed away. I mean, every time I had a bill come up, Or something, you know, something stupid like my tires on my truck. Like, oh, I need new tires. I can't afford it. I can't even afford two tires. I can't even afford, you know, used tires, you know. And then you kind of look at it and, and I, again, I was, I was, what I should have done back then and I couldn't allow myself to do is I should have said, okay, here's a situation. Here's a problem. How do I fix it? What do I do to get to resolve this issue? Unfortunately, what I did is I kept ruminating about, well, before this happened, I had the resources to do it. Before this happened, my credit rating was high, and I had credit cards, and I had access to money. And, and this is because of this, this person, this, this scenario has messed this up. You know, when the kids were like, oh, I want to do, oh, man. <sighs> you know, when the kids wanted to do something, and it was like, I just had no money to, to support it. A lot of times I, well, (laughs) that's what got me into a little bit of trouble in the beginning, is I would just, you know, the little credit cards I had, uh, I maxed out. Uh, Note, just mental note, if you're a youngster doing on this, make sure you have an account that is your account, that has only your name on it, that's not a joint account. Because when you go through this and you have to close everything, now your credit history goes from, you know, 15, 20, 25 years of, of history to zero. And it's a big hit, you know, and then as things start progressing, you know, your ability to, to get credit starts going out the window and all that kind of stuff. Just I've actually all my kids, I've just, I'm going off on a tangent here. All my kids have said, you know, I've helped them create an account. I said, do not ever close this account. Do not ever put anyone else's name on this account. If you get with somebody else, go ahead and create a joint account, but always keep this account. Always keep it, always have it open, always have, hopefully if you can, a credit card associated with it and make sure it stays there forever. If you never need it, great. If something ever happens, then you have done yourself (laughs) a very good thing. And the last part I wanna say before I wrap this up and start hitting the comments and stuff is, and I kind of hinted, or I kind of touched this for a second, is <clears throat> letting go is really tough, but it's also very important. And if you are new at the, not new at this, but if you're in the beginning stages of this, what I will tell you, and I'm sure you could probably relate to this, it used to irritate the crap out of me when people would say, well, you just got to let it go. You just got to let it go. And it's like, how do you let it go, you know? And the, the reality is you have to let it go for your own sanity. You have to let it go to be able to take your life back. You have to let it go to be able to take your power back and stop giving it to the person that's trying to crush you. I don't know. I, you know, I wonder if way back when, if somebody, when they said you have to let it go, if they would have been able to articulate it like that, if I would have been able to go, oh, I'm, I'm sure, I, I mean, I know me, I think I would struggle with it because I'm like, no, I'm not going to let it go. Never going to let it go. I'm never going to give this person, any time I can make their life a little bit painful like mine, I'm going to do it. And there was a, I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a phase where that's exactly what I wanted to do. I'm sure there's a lot of you guys a lot of you guys and gals listening right now who will relate that you just want your I'm trying to think of a colorful word. I'll just say your ex to feel just a little bit, a little bit of the pain you're feeling. The reality is, is that it all it does is it holds you to them. Those thoughts, although I mean valid, don't get me wrong. I spent a couple of years in that mindset, and it doesn't, it 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 did not help me in any positive way. With one exception, to move on with my life. And, and I, I, what I will say with the one exception is in the early part of this unfortunately that anger kept me going because it was like no i'm not going to give up i am not going to just crawl into a hole and go away so that would be the primary rant of this video i saw that uh that uh, john is unable to jump in I kind of figured that would be a long shot. Defy Dads, I see you here. Uh, Let's see. Charlotte says, hello from England. I have my final custody hearing in August. Uh, Hopefully that goes well for you. You got to just. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of nuances with that. Shane says, hello, all. Hope everyone is doing well. Well, I hope you are doing well as well, Shane. And thank you for being a member. I see the little icon next to you. John says, John Halfley says, still working on that, but I'm improving. I think you're talking about the catastrophic thinking. The thing on that, I think, if if I'm wrong, let me know. The thing on the catastrophic thinking is you have to put a pattern interrupt in your own mind. If you're lucky enough to have somebody externally that can do that for you, and there's a few people I do that for, um, but that's not, you got to be able to do it yourself. You have to be able to recognize, whoa, I'm spinning out of control and freaking out. I don't need to go down that road. And you stop yourself. And a lot of times, uh, if you can do that, Let's not say if. A lot of times when you do that, it causes your, your mind to pause for a second. It's like it skips and then you're able to go, oh, okay, wait a minute, you know. Uh, and then a lot of times what I do is I just kind of calm, you know, I'm like, okay, calm yourself down, slow down, you know, kind of even going back to a lot of the stuff that I was talking about, you know, how often does everything go, you know, how often does that catastrophic thought actually occur? Granted, it's probably a little bit easier for me since I'm becoming ancient. <laughs> so I got more more, life exp- more more life experience, I guess, or more more times at bat to realize, oh, okay, well, I can think back on 30 years, 30, 35 years worth of things, even in school, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. So John says therapy helps. Yes, it can. It did me. It's weird. It's, it's, it's so many people... I, Talk about, I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. Therapy can be a crutch, right? I mean, therapy is, in my opinion, is, is not one of those things that you're supposed to do for the rest of your life. But sometimes an external person to help guide you through your own emotions and what you're dealing with can be very helpful, especially if you find a really good one. I was fortunate that I had a really good one. Spike says, hang in there, peeps. Absolutely. John Halfley says, it's like poison that you sometimes can't help but drink. Oh, dear God. That is such a good point. And I could absolutely agree with that. It's like an addiction, I think. <clears throat> here's, here's the other thing What I'll say on this, like with the catastrophic thinking. And especially after being in a, in a relationship with a, with a toxic, high-conflict person, you get so used to chaos being in your life that when chaos isn't there, you still look for it and sometimes you create it. Now, now the hard part about that is a toxic person, that's exactly what they do, right? I mean, they look for chaos, they always want it. And when you look at your own self going, well, wait a minute, why am I doing that? You know, if if I'm doing that, am I the crazy person? Well, when you get used to something like that, it becomes your normal norm. And when it's not there, you start to look for it, you start to create it. You want it to be there because it makes you feel in the discomfort, it makes you feel comfortable. Again, recognizing that, understanding it, Putting that pattern interrupt into your own head to where you go, okay, wait a minute, crap, I'm doing this again. And stopping yourself from it is life-changing. It It is life-changing. R says, you know, I don't find much relationship talk that takes consideration kids involved or managing all the emotional issues still needing to be dealt with for years after goes on to say, I know this is a dad's group. I look at all sides to see how I can understand rather than want it. My, uh, want it my way only. And this is, I know it's DSD that's, you know, but it's not necessarily a dad's forum. Um, I, I focus more on the, the fact of dealing with toxic people. And what I can say is that from my experience, they all follow the same patterns. Now, granted, you know, there's a lot more. It appears that there's a lot more dads get goat roped into this these nightmares, but moms can too. Yeah, and on the going back to the other comment, I don't know. I mean, okay, I have I don't really watch much of this type of content anymore, but uh, it. I know when I came on the scene, nobody was talking about it in regards to, okay, you have kids, and how do you deal with it? And le- well, I mean, unless it was one of those, you know, the ones that are like, okay, well, you have a deadbeat, and you have full custody, and, you know, and how do you keep the other person away? But not many people were talking about it in the context of, you know, how do you help your kids? How do you not go insane in the process? So you are definitely welcome to be here, R. Defy Dad to R says, I understand what you're saying. Seems like you are doing lateral parenting based on your response. I think I call that parallel parenting. I tried to co-parent for a while, and when I realized that was just beating my head against the wall, I realized that you basically parallel parent, and it's super confusing for the kids because it's it's this constant back and forth personally i think i think you're probably better off if you can get a week on week off time so that that way you can give the kids time to ha- get some stability with you before they go back and plus it also gives you an opportunity to have some more time for yourself to start working on yourself Now I do know the caveat with this, and this is a problem I had, actually I just saw a comment on this in one of my other videos, that on my excuse me, on the downtime, on the downtime, whenever I didn't have the kids, emotionally I would crash. I could put on my game face, keep the, you know, keep the kids alive, and then you know, lather, rinse, and repeat kind of forced me to have to to uh, to get back on but when I was off meaning when, when the kids weren't here it, I oftentimes I just would emotionally crash and then I'd get myself geared back up for when they would come and and then I was doing that 224 223 thing mom always had monday tuesday always had when I always had wednesday thursday and uh, then we alternated you know friday saturday and sunday so that schedule sucked, by the way. Uh, that that was not a lot of fun. Anyways, I wonder if I could show the. I need to try to catch up on the comments. I'm falling. I'm falling a little behind. Oh, if anyone has a, a thing directly, okay. If you want to get my attention, do at DSD. It'll pop up and highlight your comment. Uh, I am considering turning on the phone lines, so if anyone wants to do that, just put in the in the live chat that you want me to do that, and I will I will do that. Oh, Pepe, darn, I missed you. It says hi, just popping in to say ha- hi. Got a run. <laughs> it came in just for a boop. Thanks, Pepe. Sorry we didn't uh, get to uh, hang out with you today. John Halfley says everyone is welcome here. It's about narc abuse on either side. R. Thank you for saying that, John. So, I think I'm kind of a unique in that respect as well. Dan Ski says, "Dwayne, credit, uh, what's that when you're a parent being dragged through this nonsense? What's that?" Man, I'm, I'm missing what you're saying there, Dan. So, clarify, and I will and I will comment on that. R says, "We never had a joint account." He just sends me money here and there if I need it. I uh, didn't work out because you stayed home with two kids, and I have no income. You know, I I'm come. It's so weird. I'm kind of conflicted on that. You know, I watch some of the uh, some of the the not dating things. Like maybe it's dating stuff. You know, like the whatever podcast. I watch Better Bachelor. Um, I actually like his his little rants and stuff, but. What I've told my kids, especially my girls, is always have a way to take care of yourself. You never want to be in a situation where you're dependent on somebody and trapped. Then you look at the the, the dating stuff and it's like, you know, oh, well, the way the society is, you know, marriage is bad and, and you know, men don't care about women who have money and jobs and yada, yada, yada. I mean, there's all that, that stuff. But I still I still would really prefer that my, my kids are self-sufficient and not dependent. Now, in my scenario, unlike yours are, because uh, in my scenario, uh, the ex was a stay-at-home mom, um, didn't want to work, wouldn't work. I mean, even at some point when it's like, "Hey, we're you know, we need extra money coming in," it was not happening. Uh, but instead of you know that stereotype where you know she's fl- floating in the breeze, you know, and happened to get two jobs and whatever to make things work, I paid for everything. I mean, she basically. No, not basically. She absolutely lived off me for didn't get a job until my middle daughter turned eighteen and graduated. So that was eight years, if I remember correctly. And then that and then the number dropped enough to where you couldn't live on that number. And then that's whenever, you know, she got a job. So It's weird, right? It's funny because you can look at people, and this is my experience as well. It's like, whoever the narcissist is, the toxic person, they seem to be able to prevail through court and whatever. And the normal person seems to get just crushed. No matter what the situation is, like it's like you are. I mean, stereotypically, you know, you should be getting alimony and child support and all this kind of stuff. And for it's like it's it's like the system supports evil, and it's really it's it's it's. I don't know how many of you people out there agree with what I'm saying on on that. Dansky says defied defy dad 100% but first they must think the cho- uh, but first they must think of the children they only think of themselves oh that was yeah it's it's um that's a tough one when you realize that they really don't give a crap about anybody other than themselves and any and every decision they make is only based on what's in their best interest or what they think benefits them and and the really thing that will make your mind explode is when you realize that they're not necessarily doing stuff to hurt you. It's just, a, it's like a secondary effect. Like in my scenario, I used to think everything that was happening, I'm like, man, she's doing this on purpose. And then after a while, I realized, wait a minute, she doesn't even think about it. She doesn't even care about me. Every once in a while, I mean, yeah, something will annoy her and she'll lash out. But for the most part, All of those decisions were based on as if I didn't exist. And here's the thing. Remember that if you weren't in the picture, this kind of dovetails with the the stream or the video I posted the other day. If you were not in the picture, there would be nobody to have an interrupt for the kids. And they would have unfettered access to do whatever whatever crazy crap that they wanted to do unencumbered and i mean just thinking about this right now that's exactly what my mom did and whenever basically she ended up with full full custody and i never saw my dad i mean it did it did it change the crazy nope it just continued on continued on all right let's see here i'm gonna scroll down i'm gonna I have I have a pretty packed day, so I'm gonna to have to probably this will last an hour. Uh, Charlotte says, "Thank you. Interesting about catastrophic thinking. I'm the opposite in the way that I always think and hope the most positive scenario. Hmm. I'm also a big believer that thoughts can create how <laughs> reality. However, <laughs> I agree with you, Charlotte." Uh, that'd be for another video. I almost, sometimes I want to start talking about this. I just don't know if it's, if it's, uh, prudent or, or would be welcome for this channel. But yeah, I absolutely, I understand what you're saying. Um, it's weird cause I'm kind of a, I have that positive scenario thing. I mean, I remember when I had my, my custody evaluation, the evaluator said I had a Pollyanna syndrome, you know? And I'm like, what the, what the, what does that even mean? And I had to look it up. And I always, it, it, after I read it, it was like, oh, it's like the Monty Python, the dark night, dark Knight, black Knight. You know, it's only a flesh wound. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, you'll relate to that. It's like where the knight gets, keeps getting his limbs cut off and it's like, okay, you lost an arm. Let me go. Oh, it's no big deal. You know, it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's pretty funny. John says, I've gotten to the point that it's improving, great, but trying to reconnect with my son is the hard part. How old's your son, John? If you don't mind me asking. It also means that I have to prepare myself, Our Charlotte says, it also means I have to prepare myself for the worst case scenario too, especially with my forthcoming custody hearing. Well, see, and, and then it depends on what you're talking about worst cases, right? It, it's and I, don't, and I don't know your scenario, right? I don't know whether you're like, you know, well, I'm wanting, you know, you want 50-50. Uh, and that would be, that's what your norm is, but your ex is trying to say you're a scumbag mom and shouldn't have the kids and they want full custody. Or whether you're saying that you want full custody and your ex is asking for 50-50 and the worst case scenario would be 50-50. I mean, when I went through my scenario, I thought best case was 50-50. And, and, you know, my ex thought that was devastating. And then she proceeded to tell the kids that daddy has more time. God, I remember that. You know, well, I don't like the new custody thing because now mommy has less time. I was thinking to myself, she had all the time. You know, I I had table scraps. Of course, she has less time, but now it's equal. It's not, you know, before it was more the majority time. So it's semantic. So you got to, it depends on what, the key on this is, do you have real, and this goes for everybody, do you have realistic expectations of what's going to happen in court? So many people don't. And when they walk out of there, they're devastated because of it. I mean, for instance, when I first went to court, to me, I needed 50-50 day one. And it would have been better if it would have been 50-50 day one, because then it would have saved a lot of money and time instead of, you know, trying to jump through flaming hoops. But I went from like basically 80-20 down to, uh, or up to 30%, uh, 30%, basically. And it didn't feel like a victory. Right. I mean, it was what it was is, I mean, I should have seen it that the court was saying, okay, well, this whole, you know, dad doesn't need to be involved thing. And I'm saying, no, I want to be involved. They're like, all right, well, we're going to give you a little bit more time and see how it goes. The annoying part about that is there's no reason that I should have had to have spent or somebody should have had to have spent 20 to 30 thousand dollars to to get to 50-50. So that's my opinion on that. R says, I understand that we can't change anyone but ourselves. And my thought is that we are adults here and the drama of our feelings don't have anything to do with parenting. We lived our teens, now 38 uh, and 40. Yeah, I, man, I, I understand what you're saying, R. The problem is, is when you're, again this is for anybody who falls into this narcissistic category, they don't ever grow out of that teenage or preteen or toddler mentality. So unfortunately, you're going to be dealing with somebody like that, that is trapped and unable to move past it. You know, that's why at 38 and 40, you know, I'm not sure which side, you know, which one you are on this. We'll say you're the 38 year old. that whenever you are pushing 50, that your life will fundamentally change and hopefully you're going to emotionally grow and take your life back. And they're still going to be playing the same stupid games that they've always played. Charlotte says, Oh gosh, regarding chaos, I have realized that starting to date again, and I cannot tell men the truth about how crazy and abusive my ex was because it scares them away. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't even, I'm sorry. I didn't even uh, put that on the screen. Yeah. Uh, you know what I would uh, Okay. I'm going to say this and maybe it's a bad idea. Maybe. Um, uh depends on how you are emotionally. If you're, if you're still emotionally struggling with stuff, then don't do this. But if you're, If you're more pragmatic about things, I would say watching some of those, like the Better Bachelor stuff, the uh, 33 Secrets guy and whatever, to where you can kind of see the perspective of of how men have evolved their red flag detector. Because the reality is, you know, one, I mean, it's, it's, dating is tough, right? I mean, online dating, highly do not recommend that unless you're planning on just doing hookups uh and I don't recommend doing that because that it's just spend time getting yourself as emotionally healed and moving, you know, up the rungs so to speak to to take your life back before you start dipping your toe into that too much of a chance to basically draw back in a toxic person into your life. And it's like the universe gives you that other opportunity to say, oh, you didn't learn your lesson the last time. Let's go ahead and give you another opportunity. And and since the painful pieces that you had before just weren't enough, let's just amplify that a bit. I have seen that repeat itself, not so much in my life, but the, and, and the only reason I think that it did not happen in my life is because I had seen that multiple times from my 20s to my 40s where I could watch people basically just, you know, light themselves on fire and then do it again on fire and it just kept getting worse and worse. And I'm like, Oh my God, I want no part of that. Anyways, I digress. I don't know, Charlotte, let me know what you think about what what I was just saying. R says I'm not divorced, but I've been told that's what he wants after 20 years and two kids under 18. I don't know if he's a narcissist or avoidant attachment or immature. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. Well, I guess the way you'll find that out. And this is the hard part. You bring up are you bring up a really great point. Because I think everybody goes through the the first part of this to where You're kind of like, okay, well, no, like I did the same thing. I'm like, no, my, my, no, my ex isn't this. And you, your brain is like, nope, that's not true. And then you kept basically stepping on landmines to prove to yourself that it's not true. I'll save this other story for a different, different video, but, um, So my point is this, if he wants a divorce and he doesn't try to basically light you on fire and, and, you know, do a, a, I can't remember the term, you know, scorch and burn type thing, then maybe he's not NPD or or borderline and maybe it is some other issue. Uh, But what I would say though, trust your gut. You said you have 20 years if see and this is so it's it's so hard actually it's making my eye twitch thinking about it because i knew who i was with i just couldn't accept it so i'm not entirely sure if if you know the older version of me had come back and said oh duane you know you know what you're dealing with you know accept that reality and trust it I'm not sure if I would have been able to, I mean, I kind of, I kind of did, but what I kept testing, right? So I would kept dipping my toe in the water. And, uh, fortunately, I guess in retrospect, it was painful, but fortunately, and I'll do another boop. And fortunately she kept taking her bony little finger and going boop right in my eye. And uh, it was like, Oh, ow, that was painful. And it helped me to develop. I wonder if I can pull this up where is it at? Where is it at? Help me develop this concept of absolute thinking. Because in the beginning, I was so struggling with, wow, I looked so weird back then without the beard. Uh, I was so struggling with accepting what was real. And I'd second guess myself, no, it isn't this. No, it's not that. And the whole abs- the, 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 the the brief summary of that video is you, like in my situation, NPD, she's NPD. She, you know, it's like in my mind, I was like, okay, 100% diagnosed, yada, yada, even though she's not, as far as I know, she never has been. Uh, but I had to do that to myself because every time I would ask the question of like, how could, how would someone do this? Why would they do this? to their kids. Why would they do this to me whenever I didn't do anything? MPD, right? I mean, it's a, it, it definitely, definitely helps, but are you probably are going to have to, you know, push a button every once in a while and just see what happens and see if the behaviors follow with, or the pattern behaviors follow with what you think is going on. And if they're not, you have to trust the behaviors. If the person's saying no, 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 I'm not this, I'm not that, but their actions demonstrate that oh yeah, they are you know this and they are that, then believe that. Dansky to R says, "Hang in there, you have to." Uh, let's see. R says, "Yeah, I don't know how this is going to go. I never had them away and never had, <clears throat> never has he." had them longer than a day fully responsible for them. He worked. I was at home with the kids. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Well, I can say this because I know there's some men now in this category where they were the stay-at-home. When, you, when your life is based on a certain way of living and that completely changes And your, and your identity is, is basically, well, I am, you know, I am the hundred percent caregiver. That's my job. That's, that's who I am. And when that falls apart, it's, it's tough. Conversely, I mean, I was the, the worky person, the worky person, you know, and, but, but let me back up. My identity back then was, I have a family, I have kids. I have a house, I have a career, I have all these things that this is who I am. And when the marriage blew apart, you know, then it starts, you know, okay, boom. All right, well the marriage is something, but I still have my kids. Well then they start attacking that and it's like, "Oh crap, I don't have I don't have a family anymore. I don't have anything, you know. I'll, all I'm doing is going to work to give this other person money." And then things start happening at work and your identity at work starts going. You know, that's why it's so important to be able to self-validate. And what I mean by that is when you when you gauge your worth off of external factors, you are in a very dangerous position. And don't, don't get me wrong, when things are great, it is absolutely awesome whenever you get that promotion at work and you have that loving family and and wife or spouse next to you and your kids and everything. You know, you're living that 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 life. But if that's what defines you, you put you into a, and this is what happened to me, and it puts you into a really dark space whenever you lose all of it. Because, well, who are you? What are you? What's your value? You know? And then you have your reputation. And then when these people start attacking your reputation, you know, it's like, you know, you, and this is what happens. I mean, it's systematically, and this is what happened with me. You know, it's like, okay, I have the whole package. You know, family, yada, yada, yada. Okay, boom. You know, the marriage is falling apart. But it's like, all right, it's falling apart, but we can, we're can, we mature adults. We can stay friendly. And it's like, nope, that ain't the case. And then it's like the smear campaign starts running. So your reputation is being tainted. And the next thing you know, the kids are like, I'm scared of you, daddy. And then it's like, you're, you know, that is, and then it ties in their reputation. And before you know it, you're knocked down into the dirt. And what happens, we'll come back over to this you start going through this catastrophic thinking. You're like, "Oh my god, I've lost everything. Everything's going to is horrible." You know? And then you start thinking it's never going to work out. And you know, I know I'm and talking to the positive in, in those in the bullet points, but <clears throat> anyways, I should have turned the time on so I knew where these comments. I wonder if I can do that. Hmm, I don't know. Sometimes I need to just keep my inside voice into my head, right? Charlotte says my ex-husband narcissist is hoping to live off my salary. I'm a teacher. You know what? Narcissist people take, take, take. And they feel like they're entitled to whatever they had before. So that does not surprise me, Charlotte. You know? And it's uh it's tough. I mean, if you guys remember my earlier conversations with um Oh, I gotta get their name right. I'm I'm thinking Leslie uh, Leslie Powers. I don't even know what her channel's name. She's changed her name, but you know, when I did some interviews with her in the past, you know, she same category, married a toxic person and he ran her through the freaking cleaners. You know, basically it's like, okay, well, I want half the money, half the house, half of everything. What? You haven't done anything. You know, it's like all you've done is try to tear things down. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird because I understand, (coughs) excuse me, I understand why the laws are set up, right? Because in the olden days when someone, you know, highly successful person and everything's great and they're making a lot of money and they're like, man, you know, my secretary is, you know, not time to trade up for a newer model and then just walks away and wasn't, there was zero consequences or the person, the wage earner at the time, uh, you know, that, that's not right. But how many of you think, let me just throw this out there, how many of you out there, I'm curious, I don't, I don't want to be angry however you answer, how many of you think that I should pay my ex for the rest of my life alimony? You know? Curious what you think. Jeff says, uh, hi, Dwayne. Thank you for all you do. I emailed you a few weeks ago about my situation. I used to live in Palmdale. Oh, did I not answer you? I remember seeing that. Been listening to your show for a long time. Been divorced a year now. She took everything. Uh, Jeff, if I did not respond, I apologize. Send me, a, send me another note. Unfortunately, sometimes it's hard for me to keep up on everything. Um, but I do remember reading your email. Uh, yeah hmm. John Halfley says mine lived off me for about 16 years because she was quote unquote sick magically she started a new career after trying to destroy me yeah it's amazing how they there, there's no jobs I remember at one point it was early on I mean it was way early this is when I still would actually talk to her this is before she walked away from the house and I remember talking to her and I said, uh, I think I said, "Hey, you know, are you going to get a job?" Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a full time parent. I mean, I'm a stay at home, I'm a stay at home mom. I can't get a job. I'm like you put your kids in daycare. Well, my kids don't go to daycare. And I'm like, yeah, they do, because I'm paying for it right now, right? But yeah, but again, that was it was. The mentality of her, right? It wasn't thinking about me. It wasn't thinking about anyone else. And the sad part is, is had she done it, it would have helped everybody, right? She would have been able to start building a career. Now, let me let me back up. Don't get me wrong. She did actually go to school and get an associate's degree, which, you know, that, that was probably smart. The only reason she did it, though, is because I, like a freaking idiot, told her I was coming after her. And what I should have done if I was smart as I should have waited until the school year started, not said anything and just filed paperwork saying, you know, Hey, you know, it's been two years. What the hell? But like an idiot, I kept telling her I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. So she, uh, when she knew the time was coming up, it's like, I'm trying to better myself. Anyways, anyways, I digress. Charlotte says it's a sense of entitlement. Yeah, it's funny I, that that entitlement word used to annoy the cry. It used to trigger me. I would be, you know, when someone I'm like I'm entitled because that's what she used to say. Well, I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to that. So it used to actually provoke me. Now I don't. I don't care anymore. R says I'm so willing to adjust if it's needed, but the communication that wasn't there, or maybe I wasn't really thinking serious. But he claims he told me claims he told me to get a job his past versus my past isn't the same you know see and that's the that's the that's the problem right you you are man are you're making some really great points today because i'm i well i've heard through the grapevine way back when the story that the ex was telling is that i wouldn't let her get a job she wanted to work you know but uh but I wouldn't, I wouldn't let her. The, the problem is, is like trying to just, this is where it gets tough because you can sit there and try to, to argue those facts or try to convince other people when they tell you, tell you something. But, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, a, it's an exercise in frustration. It's hard not to want to dive into that because whenever they're saying something that isn't true, or is out of context, you want to correct people. And I can tell you from experience, if you want to listen to me, that that does not do anything any good, anybody any good. You know, if somebody is believing it or somebody just wants the drama, you are absolutely not helping yourself when you, uh, when you, try, to, when you f- try to fight and counterfight everything. I, I remember at one point, a person I worked with, This is, so I was actually their supervisor. Then when I stepped down, we were peers and uh, she, the, this other person that worked with um, worked underneath her, worked underneath me at the, you know, way back when, but who was also friends with my ex was going around telling, you know, she was like, Hey, I, I need to talk to you. I need, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay, you know, I made time to go meet up with her. And she's like, you know this guy is saying, you know that, that you uh abandoned your family and you did this and you did that and I'm like, "And?" And she's like, "Well, I know that that's not true." And I just, you know, I just wanted you to know. And I'm like, "Yeah, I know." That guy actually tried to destroy me. He got himself in trouble and he constantly was using my name saying the only reason he was in trouble was because he was friends with my ex and he was helping her out and I hated him for it. And was trying to get him fired. <laughs> if I was trying to get him fired. <laughs> that guy would have had uh, a harder life. But yeah. Anyways. Alrighty. Okay, I'm trying to uh, trying to to get back down into uh, the. Com- I, wish, I really wish I could see the times. Uh, Dan says, DSC, thanks for taking the time today. Live streams always takes a positive effect on my day. Well, glad to hear that. And as I've mentioned, as you guys have probably noticed, I'm starting to ramp some of these things up. Uh, My goal is at the end of the summer, whenever my oldest is in school, my youngest has moved out, my other one, I don't know what she's doing. Bottom line is, is I'm supposed to potentially have an empty house. And as long as they don't kick me out of this house, uh, meaning the landlord, that should give me an opportunity to start creating more stuff and doing more live streams, doing more live shows. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work, but I am going to, uh, be creating more stuff and I'm looking forward to it because I really enjoy doing these things. Charlotte says, I'd be happy with 50 50. If my ex was a normal, well-adjusted human rather than a narcissist with rage problems, Well, what I would say typically, not always. Stereotypically with men, if they're fighting for 50-50 just because they're trying to punish you, once they get it, they won't actually do it. Now, the thing is, what you have to remember, Charlotte, let's say that is the scenario. Let's say you go through this, you go to court. They say, you know what, whatever, everything being equal, 50-50, everything's, you know, that's the way it's going to be. Because a lot of places are leaning towards that. If, as long as you fight for it, a lot of times 50-50 comes out. Then typically what happens is, is it's too much of a hassle for the narcissistic, self-obsessed person, and then they don't exercise their time. They're constantly giving you more time. The key is if that happens, Charlotte, it's going to be irritating and it's going to be like, you scumbag, you got 50-50, you're paying 50-50, you're only doing 80-20, you should pay 80-20, and you go back to court. What I would highly encourage you to do, if you get stability and they start staying, you know, moving out <clears throat> and it's, a, it's annoying, let them look at it that that loss of money is you know, the payment to minimize their toxic effect on your life and your kids' lives. It's going to suck for the kids to have any parent basically reject them. But that's what you have to look at. I've seen so many people get irritated. You can almost use a different word. Irritated that the ex fought for this, drug their life through hell, and now they're not doing it. And it's like, no, this is effed up. And go back to court and it's like it blows up in their face because these people don't just slink off. So be careful of that. Dan Ski says, 50-50 only works with an, with an airtight parenting plan. Quote, These people want to twist and turn and interpret it in their way. Yeah, and what Dan's talking about, and I've talked about this in the past, is when you have a toxic person, you should have a lot of detail and specificity, if that's a word, in your court order, and then just revert back to that. You just have to make sure that you can follow the same thing. And what's going to happen is, is they're not going to follow it. You follow it. And then when they, when they, what I ended up doing is I tried to eh, negotiate or whatever. I felt, okay, well, this is not that big of a deal. And then when I realized what I was dealing with, I'm like, Oh dear God. And I'm like, Nope, follow the court order. And even when it hurt me, it's like, well, you know, it's, it doesn't give me more time or doesn't, doesn't help me in a this way or that way. I still just follow the court order. So what Dan's talking about is it is very important to have specificity. Again, let me know if that's a word. Because then you have something to hang your hat on. If it is vague, it will blow up in your face. Because like Dan's talking about, they will take that ambiguity and try to twist it around. Like mine. I mean, mine, like way back when, it says in the order, you know... Uh, one parent equal, you know, on even odd years, one parent has the kids from the time they get out of school for Christmas break until they go back. Period. The other parent will have uh, a few hours on Christmas Day, mutually agreed by both parents. Now, a normal human would say, "Okay, well, if we sit down and I say, you know, I want these four hours." You know, you negotiate back and forth, and then you mutually agree on a time. My ex took it that I want, so I wanted, <laughs> this wasn't funny at the time, but thinking back on it, it's like, it's so ridiculous. My ex was like, well, I'm taking the kids out of state for Christmas. I'm like, well, how are you going to do that when I they're supposed to be at my place on Christmas Day? Well, that's only if we mutually agree, and I don't agree with that, so I'm taking them. A- I mean, technically, that was pretty clear, but that was the mindset. It was like, oh well, no. I mean that that uh, I mean, so on that scenario, what what, I, what we what I what I wish I would have had written in there, in there is you know at eleven on Christmas Day, the other parent will have the kids for you know eleven. I mean, probably you used to say we'll feed them dinner and bring them back you know at four or something you know early dinner or something I don't know, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> good one, good call, Dan. That's a good one. Ah, anyways. Ooh, that's good. Well, I'll just see what he says on that. All right. Dansky says, these people use anger as a weapon to control people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they do it. Okay. They can use anger to try to force you to do something, and they can also try to push your buttons to get you angry to then use that against you as well. (laughs) This is from what I was talking about earlier. Sunny Day says, oh my God, exactly. You will get the lesson until you learn from it. Absolutely. 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 Charlotte says, answering DeFi dad, talking about rage issues. Says, uh, by rage issues, I mean he would throw and smash objects, assault me, assaulted the uh, assaulted your his mother-in-law, punches walls, and is also very emotionally and verbally abusive. Now, here's the thing, Charlotte. If all of that has been appropriately documented, then you should do okay on the custody thing. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. God, I think that's even See, I know it so earlier Dan our Defy Dad had asked Charlotte, you know, please explain what you mean by rage issues that get used a lot. <clears throat> and he's talking about it like in the context of what happened with me, where the ex is like, you know, oh, he's he's abusive and physically and emotionally abusive and it's like uh what so it was just said it's like it's said put out there in the ether and it's and this is where this is this is the reason why people making false allegations is so bad because now what happens is is when when someone makes the allegation about that type of behavior people are reluctant to believe it now it's like well what do you mean you know not not that that's what's happening here but I mean it's just like it just makes it really tough. And then so people who are being abused who actually need help oftentimes don't get help because it's um you know, because it's it's such a pain. And the people who are making up think making it up, they're not really worried. that's like mine. You know, oh my god, I'm scared. And then go to a, a school event. It's like, oh, sit right here. And my brain was like, Wait a minute, you're you're telling You know, we just were in court the other day, or I just got letters from your attorney saying I'm a scumbag and you need a restraining order and, and whatever. And, but I mean, it's like, I, what I couldn't reconcile way back when is how can you say and act like a timid little, you know, how (laughs) much, you know, I'm so scared. And then when you're around the person act like nothing's wrong, well, it's all about control, right? It's like those accusations were not made, out of truth, they were made to like, okay, well, you did this, and I'm going to punish you. So, Sunny Day says you can't fix them. You didn't break them. Yeah, unfortunately, we let them in our lives, though. Let's see. Yeah, so Defy Dad, whoops. Gosh darn it. Click on the right button, Dwayne. Divide Dad said uh, back to... To Artie Charlotte it says, "I ask that because this has been stated in my case for myself, and it's not the case, and there's no evidence to support that. I'm male, and those traits seem to be stereotypical of males. Yeah, and, and here's the so here's the interesting part about this. Since it's been overused so much, as long as you don't fall into the trap of doing something that 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 like what uh, I think R was taught, or was it Sunny?" like Charlotte was talking about is um, it'll come out, right? I mean, if you can just maintain your cool, I, I have a coaching client that's been dealing with this where every, every few months there's a new emergency order, you know, trying to get a restraining order or supervised visitation and none of it has ever worked, you know, and it's like all it would take and the, and the person, his ex keeps, keeps basically taking another swing at bat every chance they get because, well, maybe if one time it works, then, you know, then they'll win. But You know, and and it's so tough. I mean, I know when I was going through this and I felt like my whole reputation was getting just completely destroyed, you know, you got to go through this thing. It's like, well, wait a minute, I'm getting accused of all this. So, you know, I'm not even doing any of this. So maybe they should see the monster, you know, so to speak. If you want to ensure that you lose and you get a permanent restraining order, do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see. Um... Charlotte says in regards to dating, I totally agree with what you said. That's why I put dating on hold. Very smart. Happy to work on myself for a while. Uh, very, very smart. So I think this is really, it's, 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 with the way things are now and how dating is so messed up, I think it's really rough for women. Because, you know, now because of people, I mean, you know, more and more, People are understanding how, how the, the court systems, well, I'll say are biased against men, <clears throat> biased against anybody who actually has resources. So, unfortunately, this is also true. If, if the woman is the primary breadwinner and you go through a divorce, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to have that experience So a lot of people are just saying, okay, I'm not, you know, not going to risk it. Or you make your, your, your criteria so strong. It's like, okay, well, I don't want to raise someone else's kid, which I, I kind of get, right? I mean, there was a period of time where it seemed like an honorable thing to do to you know, marry a single mom. I don't think many people do that anymore. You know, so it's, it's one of those things where, and I think women, you got to be really careful because when you start dating, if you're not emotionally and ready for it, you'll probably end up finding a lot of people who want to have some happy fun time with you. And that's all. And that, I mean, unless that's what you're looking for. I mean, I guess some people do. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a good path to go down. Meet people in person, develop relationships there. You know, understand, I mean, like for me, I mean, I understood. I understood when I went through my divorce. That my priority was being there for my kids. And I mean, you know, I'm in a long term relationship. We'll hit 10 years. Well, not next month, uh, January. But the prior, priority has always been ma- maintaining the relationship with the kids and not lighting things on fire. So as soon as I realized that if the relationship progressed with like us moving in together, getting married, whatever, that it would potentially light everything on fire, it wasn't worth it. Because I took the responsibility of being a dad and, you know taking that hit, so to speak, I guess. I took it. That was, that was uh, you know, all right. That's what I signed up for. So that's what the priority is. It's funny because you'll see people like, oh, my priority is my kids. And then their actions demonstrate that it's not. If that makes any sense. Okay, so I scrolled up and down. So, um, so I'm trying to look at some of these. Charlotte says to defy Dad. Yes, I think many situations there are false allegations, unfortunately. However, in my situation, I have plenty of evidence to show the court to the court, and I'm doing all I'm doing is telling the truth. A- and the reality, I mean, so again, it'll be proof will be in the pudding, right? I mean, so if you have everything lined up and it actually paints the reality story, then it'll go should go that way. Uh, in other words, it w- should be where' like, okay, you're making the allegation. You have evidence to substantiate it, and as a result of that, we're going to to uh, rule acor- you know rule accordingly. Charlotte, what I would say to you on this, though, and I'll say this on anybody to anybody who's listening on this: if let's say it doesn't go, let's say you go to court and they don't look at any of it. You have to take a step back and say, okay, so somehow my presentation did not communicate effectively what the reality is and why is that? And I kind of had that happen to me early on where there were some things where people were kind of like, well, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, okay, well, I obviously am not. This is how I got to the point where I finally just stopped trying to convince people that of who I, of, of who the ex was. Because for me, this wasn't in court because I didn't know a, a, an, what a 32nd of what I know now. So I had no idea how to, uh, to really appropriately articulate any of this. But I, what I did notice is that certain people, you know, when I like, even teachers, when I would try to like, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. Please believe me It made me look like, I I mean, they're like, okay, you know, all right, whatever. You must be crazy. And then when I finally just said, okay, let let the actions demonstrate. Let my actions demonstrate who I am. Let her actions demonstrate who she is. That's when things started to go better. And I even got to the point where even like mutual friends, I'm like, I ain't getting into it. I'm like, the only thing I would say is, hey, complicated, high-conflict divorce, you know, But whatever, you know, you want to be, I don't, you know, whatever. And uh, typically in a short amount of time, it was like, oh my God, you know, let them expose themselves. Hopefully that made sense. Yeah, this is what defy dad is saying to Charlotte, kind of what I was just saying. Wish you well, but remember to stick to the facts and proof for court. Most will not work with speculation hearsay. Document the evidence to protect yourself and your children. And the key to this and what Defy Dad is saying, um, if, it, if you start to, 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 if the impression of you is that you're blowing things out of proportion and you're trying to make something out of nothing, it will blow up in your face. So you got to be really now I'm, I'm sure with what you're talking about, you, you should have court, you know, you should have police reports and all that kind of stuff, which should help you. But, but again, if you find that you're, that it's, that it didn't work or that your message was not, not heard, so to speak, you got to say, okay, well, what happened? Why didn't that work? This is also, I, and I, this kind of dovetails into another comment. I want to, I want to see, can I, make that go away, uh, that I want to bring up. And that is I've talked with and I've dealt with some clients who are irritated that the ex is constantly throwing stuff at them. And they're like, well, I want to throw back. And it's like, man, you got to be careful because the last thing you want is for you to look like a knucklehead like the ex. You want to maintain your reputation. You want to maintain the reality that you're stable, that you're calm, and that the other person is emotionally unstable, is not calm, is not thinking rationally, and, and try to basically paint the picture that their pattern of behavior is dangerous for the kids. I'm working with a, a client right now where finally the ex has done so much that the evaluators and team are starting to say 50 uh, 50 is not appropriate. So it's just how you, it depends on how you uh, approach it. says entitled it all ends with if even remember what I did like it's my fault I don't even know what happened that made him flip out well here, here's the rea- well okay most of the time the reason a narcissistic person will flip out is when they realize they no longer have emotional control over you that's whenever everything's when things tend to you know just just flame out and are what you're talking about is exactly the way a lot of people feel like I started putting boundaries and I started changing my life and I didn't understand you know how did I go from from hero to zero in overnight not even overnight it was like you know in an afternoon and it made no sense well these people are you know basically you're again you're dealing with a toddler in an adult body and that is the mentality. And, and unfortunately, when a toxic person realizes that you're no longer suitable supply or you're no longer, or basically that you see through the mask, the first thing they all do is they try to destroy you. They try to destroy your reputation. That's where the smear campaign comes from. It's, and it's, 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 like, it's textbooks. I mean, it's what they follow. All right. Sonny... Uh, sunny Day, alimony should have a time limit. Exactly. <laughs> I want my Jeep money. I don't know. I always used to joke about that, that if she ever got married or whatever, that the alimony would be, uh, would be my Jeep money. But nowadays, I don't even think that would cover it. Maybe if it was, you know, if it didn't have tires on it. Anyways. All right. All right, I'm gonna try to get down farther because I know I'm falling way behind on the comments. I don't know if we're if it's really active or I'm just really slow. Nobody comment on that. All right, let's see. Oh, defy dad talking about the alimony thing. So I'm way behind because that was a while ago says no, unless there's a serious reason such as becoming disabled while you were married and they don't have the ability to adapt. And advance yep all right well I'm gonna have to start wrapping things up so I'm just gonna look through and see if I have missed anything R says the I only qu- I, I only question going forward with the divorce is because at a point in time tables were reversed I stayed because I was thinking about all that came with it. I looked into the voice and was... Brutal? I don't remember what the next part about that was. Anyways, it... See... The... I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. Because... You know, living in a toxic situation is not healthy. It's not good. I don't know. I guess I pushed, I never wanted to get divorced. Actually, initially, I didn't even file for divorce. I would just file for legal separation. I just wanted, I wanted space. And I was actually hoping that, uh, I was kind of hoping that, um, you know, that what I thought and when I fundamentally knew is true, wasn't true. But when it turned really ugly, right. Whenever she was making really bad accusations that were like, you know, could go to jail for, I'm like, Oh, F this I'm done. You know? Cause I was like, well, I don't care. I don't ever want to get remarried. I'll just, I'm fine with legal separation. That way she still got medical. You know, I know I'm gonna have to, you know, I was really trying to, to, uh, Protect, I guess maybe. You know, the reality was is again she realized that the it I saw through the facade she couldn't control me anymore, and it was scorched earth policy. Ah, Shane, hundred percent. My ex loves when I get angry about anything. It's probably because she feels like it validates her own anger issues. Doesn't take much to set her off. Kids tell me she screams and yells regularly. Well, and the reason that she likes it whenever you do respond is because it feels like, yes, I'm still connected. That's a problem that a lot of us do end up having is that you you kind of get to the point where you don't necessarily want to cut the person out and start trying to like, you know, get them out of your life because you realize that once it's over, it's over and you don't have any connection. That's why sometimes These people will drag on the court stuff because they want to keep the fight. They want to keep the connection going. A lot of times they'll just switch and use the kids for that. But, but uh, yeah. All right. Let's see here. What do we got? No knuckleheads allowed. That's funny. Shane says being, uh, being burned by someone you spent 15 years with had two kids with and supported them through everything hurts bad. Yes, it does. Uh, and actually, what was really kind of funny on my thing is, is like I, I was like, because it, it was two decades, we had kids late. So uh, kids were uh, 12, 10, and 6, I think. Anyways, and uh, yeah, I was like, I'm like, you know, I, when I realized my whole life was a lie, I'm like, F this. I'm not so, you know, you're not living off me anymore you know go out and freaking you know i protected you for two decades go go live out in the real world little did i know <laughs> that the family court uh, had different ideas and basically see this is where i think the universe teaches you a lesson right and this is probably i did it to myself because I was like, nope. you're going to get out there. You're going to have to, you know, be the, you know, work at McDonald's or, you know, you're going to have to fricking get out there and realize how good you had it and how ugly, you know, this is going to be. And then they ordered me to pay her enough to where she could live off me for eight, what, eight years. She was able to get a car, house, go to movies, go on trips. Oh, that was a bitter pill. That was such a bitter pill to swallow. Oh my God. That made me angry. So if she's ever watches this video, you won. You you got another one on me and you made me angry for a long time. But I'm going to go back to this. Once I let it go and it no longer had power. Why is this not? It's not on my, what am I doing wrong? Oh, Oh, I guess I don't show the mouse. Well, that's annoying. Oh, there we go. When I let it go, things started to uh, uh, change. But for the longest time, when I was angry, it was uh, not a good time. Hey, tumblers. I tumblers just jumped on. DSD, good morning. Good morning to you. R says, uh, DSD, I was willing to work on our marriage, so I stayed. He begged me to thank. Think of our family. Well, you know what? You can only do so much, or You know, you you try and at some point you have to have boundaries and there has to be consequences. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't make it work. I have a buddy of mine who uh, whose marriage almost flamed out a few years ago. I was a high school friend. And, uh, you know, his wife has some issues and he set some firm boundaries and was willing to, you know, divorce if that happened, and they've made it work. you know? I mean, so there is a way, but but, but the person has to do something, their actions have to demonstrate that they're working towards it. Like in his situation, I think I don't remember what the details of her diagnosed issues might be, but but bottom line is is when she starts going off the deep end, he now is like, hey, this is happening. We've talked about this. And most of the time, it starts a reset. It's like that's the pattern interrupt to get things back on track. But again, he's coming from a position, I don't know if strength's the right, right word, but what I will say is it's one of those things where there is consequences. So our, it's outstanding. I mean, I worked on mine. I mean, I tried to do the marriage counseling, but there comes a point in time whenever if the actions do not follow the words You have to believe the actions. You know, it's like you need to think you're ruining our family. Well, no, these are, this is not working. You know, you're ruining the family. Well, you don't have to get in a tit for tat. That never accomplishes anything. You just have to have some set expectations. Like this is the way things have to be. And if they're not, there's going to be consequences for it. If that makes sense, you'll have to let me know what you think. Shane says, yep, she still thinks she has control over me. Hey, guys, I will tell you this, guys, gals, whatever. When you're dealing with a toxic narcissist, if the ex thinks that they have control over you and that they're winning, it typically, that's where they get their supply. right? It's like, ha ha, I'm winning. So they don't feel like they have to light you on fire. So sometimes, and it's, oh my God, it took me a long time to realize this one. Sometimes it actually is helpful whenever they think they're winning. And I know it's annoying. I, there was a period of time where I you know, I would go out of my way to make sure that she did not think that she was winning. And, you know, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I was thinking that, that uh, if, if she had that epiphany that this wasn't working, that she would stop. But it just made it worse. She either, just, she either doubled or tripled down, she focused on the kids or it just it just made it worse for everybody so to me you know her thinking I'm an angry bitter ex I don't know what she thinks now I mean now that she knows about the channel and stuff I'm, I'm not entirely sure what she thinks reality is I don't care anymore you know anyways alrighty let's see Sunny Day says, Shane, mine destroyed my life and work life because of his family's name in town. He kicked me and the baby out and filed divorce, then lied to, uh, about me to all. It was so hard. Yeah, it, it you know, the, the, the oh, I didn't, oh, I was trying to hit that. I didn't put the, I didn't click the button right. Anyways, uh, you know what I would say on that? is if that gives you the opportunity to pack up and leave and get away from the situation, then do it. Now, the problem is probably they will not want you to escape and will try to keep you from leaving. So you got to be very tactical about that. Father X says, my ex is borderline. Sorry about that. Uh, Unless you have a diagnosis, sometimes that's helpful. Uh, When I was awarded custody, I released myself from her universe built walls to insulate me from her chaos while still co-parenting it's easier when her words don't matter yep oh yeah yeah i mean if you have full custody now and they're just this little storm over there and it's like yeah you just stay over there you just got to be careful because a lot of times they'll try to try to suck the kids back in tim says let them believe they won no use joining them on the deck of the titanic as it sinks I've got the perfect seat right next to the orchestra. <laughs> You're in that little boat all by yourself with no, you know, no jacket. Oh, my God. How many people, when I just said that, freaking visualize that? Because when I read that, I was like, oh, my God, that's what I saw. That's a good one, Tim. I like that one. Shane says, wow, so glad I caught the live stream. So needed. Yeah, glad you got, glad we we were able to do it. I am going to start wrapping things up. I will do. Hit uh, Shane says. Our sunny day says yes. In in the end, now thirty six years after, the ex is in bad health, and I'm doing very well with great job and uh, own lots of real estate. I survived. That's the thing. See, you, you don't real. I mean, it, it, again, I and I've said this before. Like my life now is is just so much better. It's not perfect yet. Still working towards it. But uh, yeah, you can turn around. But if you, here's the thing though if you don't get yourself on track and you stay angry, you stay bitter, it will suck you into the pit of despair. All righty. And the kids. R says, and the kids, though, get up and leave. How? Now, in your situation, since if I remember, oh, crap, I might be getting your story confused with with uh, Charlotte's story. Oh, no, because you haven't filed yet. See, and you're talking about parental alienation. Uh, that parental a- gosh darn it, that parental alienation is out of control. Yeah, you're... You said your kids are older. I remember correctly. Didn't you say your kids are like close to 18? Yeah, see, that's the problem is if you got, if the, if it's being spun against you and it's already taking hold, I would say you need to work on that relation. If, well, if the relationship with the kids is important to you, which I'm sure it is, and then, but there's a caveat, right? Again, it's, it goes back to the boundary thing too, you know, you, If the kids are turned against you and they're attacking you constantly, that doesn't mean that you have to be their punching bag forever. So, but if there's a way that you can repair that relationship while you still have time and access to them, then I would definitely encourage you to do that. And then if you get to a point where it's like, okay, you know, they're all adults, they've made their decisions, you have to be careful how you how you make this, right? So I'm going to say this two different ways. If they're adults, and they've made their life decisions, and you're like, you know what, I've done, I've done my part, I'm going to go live my life now, all I want is peace in my life, and I'm leaving. Great. However, you can turn around and say that I've done my part. You know, I am done with this. I'm out of here. In other words, like the, the, all the emotion and feeling behind it is anger and just, you know, bitterness and, and despair. That can follow you for a long time. So it's really about the mindset of where you are at on this. So, on that, thanks guys for hanging out with me today. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube and you're thinking, man, I wish there was an audio version of this. Well, there is, and it's on Spotify and iTunes Podcasts and Google Play and all the other platforms that I've signed up with. And if you're actually on Spotify, even the video will be on there. And uh, so check that out. Uh, if, If you do go over there to Spotify, you might even hear me read a commercial about creating your own podcast because they finally allowed me to do that, which was really awesome. So on that, let me see here. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with me. I want to thank the channel members who helped keep the lights on, keep the Internet up. Their names are scrolling across the screen if you're watching the video. Thank you so much for doing that. They just basically went down and became a member on YouTube. Uh, You can actually do that on Spotify as well, but I don't think I had anyone do that. Have a great rest of your day, and I will catch you on the next one.